How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. As always, so good to be with you. If you just stumbled upon the podcast, welcome. Really glad to have you. Um, We are a ministry that's just committed to pointing men towards Jesus, equipping men to lead their family well. Um, We don't have it all figured out, but we're trying to stumble our way to spiritual leadership. And so if that's you, if you can relate with that, you found the right place. Uh, We'd love to get to know you and have you be part of our little online community. We've got thousands of guys from around the world who are taking this stuff seriously, so we'd love to have you come be part of that. You can do that by going to dadtire.com and then click the community tab, and that will actually link you over to a closed group that we have on Facebook. Thousands of guys from around the world who are taking this stuff very seriously, so come hang out with us over there if you're not already. Uh, Today we're talking about in-laws and specifically how to deal with difficult in-laws, and uh, this is a, a... topic that you guys have requested that I talk about for a long time. And um, so we're finally getting around to it. We're going to dive into all the thoughts on uh, that. But before we do, I do want to thank my friends over at Marriage After God for sponsoring this podcast. Um, I've told you about them many times because I love them. I love what they're doing. It's my friends, Aaron and Jennifer Smith. Uh, Aaron has a ministry called Husband After God, where he's been equipping men for a long time uh, just to be men of God. And then Jennifer has a ministry called Unveiled Wife, where she's equipping women just to be women of God. And they have recently teamed up and started a Marriage After God podcast where the two of them together um, are just pointing people towards Jesus. What I love about them is they are very, very raw. They never hold anything back, and they do that for the sake of letting other people feel like, holy cow, okay, I'm not the only one who feels like this, who thinks like this, who's gone through this, who's had sin in my past or in my present. Uh, and so what I, I just really appreciate how vulnerable they always are, and they don't sugarcoat things. They're not fluffy. They are committed to like being very vulnerable for the sake of God's glory and helping other people fall in love with Jesus. So they've got a podcast. Definitely go over there, check that out, Marriage After God. And then they also have a book coming out, which you can actually pre-order on Amazon uh, if you just search Marriage After God. I've read the book really good. I I was um, fortunate enough to be one who endorsed the book, and um, I'm just really excited about what they're doing over there. So definitely go check out Marriage After God, subscribe subscribe to their podcast, and um, pre-order their book. It would make a great gift, too, for either your husband or your wife. Really good gift. I also want to thank my friends over at SkinCo, Men's SkinCo, um, for sponsoring this episode. So uh, I actually stumbled upon Men's SkinCo because uh, I was personally kept waking up and having dark circles under my eyes. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Uh, maybe I just didn't get a good night's sleep. And then I realized like, oh, no, I'm actually getting old. And so uh, I started to research. I've never been into like men's facial care products. I've never thought about that or been into that, but I decided, uh, man, I'm kind of getting old here and I'm starting to not just get old, but I'm starting to look pretty old. So I researched and I found men's skin co. And I honestly, from what I could find, they're like the best. Um, they had the coolest packaging, which I'm always attracted to. Uh, they have the coolest products that are built specifically for men. And then you kind of pick what life stage you're in and you subscribe to that particular subscription service. Um, for me, it was like the anti-aging because apparently I'm aging pretty quickly here. And uh, so I subscribe to them. What's really, really cool about what they do is they'll actually send you out uh, your first box for free. So you can just try it. Obviously, men have all kinds of different skin types and concerns and things you're trying to address. Everyone's different. And so what's cool about them is they'll actually just send you the box, first box for free. Uh, and you can cancel your membership at any time. They want you to try it and love it, which they're confident you will. 
And so you just cover shipping, which is like seven, eight bucks. Um, and then they'll take care of the rest. They'll send it to you. You can try it out for a month and see if you like the results. If you do, you sign up for a subscription. Uh, again, you can cancel at any time. And it's built specifically for men. So if your dad tired and you're starting to look tired, uh, this is definitely the products that you're going to want to try out. What's also very, very cool about them, and one of the reasons that I was excited about them sponsoring the podcast, is they offer discounts for military um, first responders and anyone else who is really helping out in the community, you can actually just shoot them an email and say, Hey, I'm a first responder. I'm a, I help out with my community or I'm a, I'm a veteran or I'm in the military, uh, currently. And they'll actually give you a, an additional discount, which is crazy. Um, and really, really, really cool. So I know there, that applies to a lot of you guys. Cause we've got a lot of veterans who listen, got a, little, a lot of active military guys, got a lot of first responders, so if that's you, man, sign up, get your free box. You're going to love it. And then once you love it and you move on with your subscription, just shoot them an email and say, hey, I'm a first responder or whatever applies to you. And they'll give you an additional discount. Super, super gracious of them. Uh, I'm, I've been really, really happy um, with their product so far. So go to menskin.co. Again, menskin.co. And uh, and then you can get sign up to get your one month free trial. You just pay for shipping, cancel at any time. And they will hook you up with the products. Again, that's menskin.co. Start looking less dad tired right away. Let's dive into today's episode. All right. So you guys have been asking me to do an episode on in-laws, specifically difficult in-laws for a long time. And uh, I've actually posted a uh, thing on Instagram. I don't remember what it was. Some I don't remember what the exact question was, but something to the effect of like, uh, what issues are you currently dealing with with your in-laws? And holy cow, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of stuff, man. Uh, a lot of wives wrote me. Yeah, a lot of husbands wrote me. Um, man, there's just, you guys are going through a lot of stuff with your in-laws. I actually read a bunch of them to Layla and, uh, we were just, we felt bad for you guys because, uh, we personally don't really have like in-law issues. Um, at least nothing that's like come up yet. We've been married almost 10 years and, um, my mom is, uh, down in California. She visits us a few times a year and, um, she's pretty great. And I, I think she, uh, just does a great job at supporting us and our marriage and our kids. And then uh, and then Layla's mom actually lives like five minutes away from us. And uh, we probably see her every day, um, if not every day, several times a week. And uh, there have just been no friction. Um, she's She's wonderful. She's just so wonderful. She really loves us and supports us. And she cooks for us all the time. She watches the kids. She is watching the kids right now because I'm recording this podcast and then jumping on a plane to head to Australia. Um, as you're listening to this, I'm actually headed home from Australia. But um, yes, yeah, she's watching the kids right now and she helps out all the time. So we just have really wonderful grandmas specifically. And then our uh, my dad pops in from uh, time to time and just kind of loves on the kids. And Layla's dad is does a great job with the kids as well. So we just haven't really felt like... Um, like we're qualified to talk about in-law issues because we haven't really dealt with any. So I'm like, how do I, how do I deal with this? Anyway, uh, my thought was, I've, I've been avoiding this podcast for that reason, but my thought was, I'm just going to treat this um, topic as if I was your pastor and you were sitting across from me, you came into my office and you said, Jared, 
uh, were dealing with some serious in-law issues, what would you say? So this will be less like me personal experience, which is actually, uh, I think, probably pretty good because um, really don't need my opinion on this. Like you need the gospel and you need the good news of Jesus and you need the, the truth of the scripture to speak into any issue, specifically this issue. So that's my goal for today. I want to like point you towards Jesus. I want to point you towards what the word of God says. Uh, and I'm going to treat this topic as if I'm your pastor and, uh, and you were sitting in my office and you were talking to me about some tough in-laws. So I'm going to give, I, I literally just opened the notes app on my phone and I just started like throwing out random thoughts and each of them are kind of separate. Um, and so they may not feel like they flow together, but I'm just going to give you kind of all my thoughts on what it is, how we as Christians deal with difficult in-laws. So if you're like, bro, you're bouncing all over the place, try to hang up, hang out, hang in. <laughs> with my ADD, grab a cup of coffee and uh, splash some water on your face and just keep up because I'm going to be all over the place. But all of these are my thoughts on um, dealing with difficult in-laws. So here's here's the first thing. There's this passage in scripture, Matthew 12, 46. Uh, I'm going to read it to you. It says this, while he, Jesus, while Jesus was still speaking to the people, behold, his mother and his brother stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father is my brother and my sister and my mother. Jesus makes a pretty like aggressive, almost even offensive point when Pete, when his, like his mom and brother just show up like, Hey, you know, we're here to hang out with Jesus. He's our son. He's my brother. And Jesus says like, who, what do you mean? My brother and brothers is, I don't, my brother and brothers, my sisters, like my family are the disciples. Those people who does the will, who do the will of my father. That's my brother. That's my sister. That's my mother. The point is that I'm trying to make for you specifically who are dealing with in-law issues is the good news of Jesus is number one, you have been adopted into a bigger family. All throughout the New Testament, there's this language of adoption. You have been adopted in. And the good news is um, you're part of a more healthy family. Now, listen, the church is dysfunctional. Uh, God's people are still messy and broken and sinful. But we have a great high priest, a father, Abba Father, who has adopted us into his family. And so you may not have the best in-laws, but you have the best family because you've been adopted into a bigger family. Okay, so that I just want to start out and preface it by that. Good news of Jesus, even though you share flesh and blood with, with people who, uh, or you have in-laws who it may be very difficult, the bigger picture here is you have a bigger family in Christ Jesus. You've been adopted into a family. Anybody who does the will of God and who claims to be a follower of Jesus, that's the family that you're part of. And so even though you might not have the best in-laws, you have a big extended family going all the way back to Abraham uh, and a lot of people who claim to follow Jesus and love Jesus. And so it's okay. Jesus uh, like directly said to his family, like, hey, I, I actually don't know you <laughs> because I'm trying to make a bigger point. I'm part of a bigger family here. Now, there was a lot going on. You can't make direct correlations between what he was trying to, the point he was trying to make there and in-laws. But the point is, you it may be okay if you are in a really unhealthy relationship with your family or with your in-laws to say no um, because you actually are part of a bigger family. 
Now, some of you will turn off the podcast right now and be like, cool, sweet. Jared said, I don't have to talk to my in-laws anymore. I'm out. Like, that's what I got from this episode. Thank you, Jared. Uh, I'm going to just let my husband know or my wife know that we never have to deal with their parents ever again because Jared said so. That is not what I'm saying. This is not a ticket or permission slip to go treat your parents or your in-laws like crap uh, and to shun them for the rest of your life. I'm going to get into a lot more stuff here, but I just wanted to have a broad, like, Jesus, when he thought of family, he thought of the kingdom of God. He thought of those who have been adopted because of salvation in Christ Jesus. Okay, so that's what, when we think of family, like ultimately, that's what we're thinking of. That's what Jesus was thinking of. That's kind of a foundational layer. Let's get into like more uh, practical stuff and more kind of what might be more specific to you as you're dealing with in-laws. So here's the thing. If I were your pastor, you were coming to me, you sat in my office and you said, Jared, I'm having some serious trouble with my in-laws right now. Here's some things I'd say to you. The first thing is we often mistake inconvenience or being uncomfortable as a situation that God is trying to rescue us from or should rescue us from or wants to rescue us from. Kind of in the church world, we say things like, well, God is clearly closing the door, right? Like God has opened the door for me or God has closed the door. If you've been in the church longer than like three days, you've heard people say that. Like God is, well, yeah, he just shut that door. He just opened that door. He just closed that door. Listen, uh, not super biblical advice and not super biblical thinking. Um, listen to what James says. James 1, uh, 2 through 8 says this, count it all joy. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Keep in mind, this is Jesus' brother talking. So when we're thinking about family here and all the things like that Jesus said about family, James says, count it all joy. Joy, not don't put up with it. Don't like try to deal with it. Don't ask God to rescue you from it. Don't try to escape it as quickly as you can. But count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. That's James 1, chapter 1, verse 2 through 8. So why? Like the, the question then becomes why? Why would we consider it joy? When we go through various trials and situations, that doesn't make sense. Is God twisted? Does he want us to go through hard things just for the sake of hard things? Uh, The answer is no. The reason we consider it joy is because God wants to continue to perfect your faith. He is growing you to become more like him. And he's using everything around you, especially your relationships, to help you become more like him, to shape you in becoming more like Christ, to growing your faith, to maturing you up in Christ Jesus. He's using your wife to do that. He's using your kids to do that. And he's using your family, including your in-laws, to help you become more like Jesus. That's why it's a joy, because God is using these hard things, not just to like make you suffer, but to help perfect your faith, to become mature in Christ. This is why we consider it a joy because God hasn't forgotten about us. He didn't save us and then bail on us, but God is using all the stuff around us, even the crappy stuff, even the hard parts of life, even the very difficult relationships, which are often family, by the way. The most difficult relationships are often family. 
And God uses those close-knit relationships, the deepest bonds in human relationship that we have to make us more like him. And so that's why we still, uh, that's why we uh, have joy and we consider it a joy when we go through these hard things. So then the question then becomes, what area of your life are you still claiming as your own? What area of your life are you still claiming as your own? I, I pause because I want you to think about that for a second. Have you said, God, you can have this part of my life and you can have this part of my life, but I'm not really ready to give you this part of my life yet. Not really ready to give you the whole in-law situation. I kind of want control over that. Listen to me. Listen loud and clear. God doesn't divvy up kingdoms. He conquers kingdoms. Okay, so the kingdom of your heart and the kingdom of your life, God isn't asking you if he can share the throne with you. God isn't saying, okay, can I have some of this part of your life and you get to hold on to this part? Listen, God comes to conquer kingdoms. He doesn't come to divvy up kingdoms. And so he wants every single area of your life, including this situation, this area, this relationship with your in-laws. And so what area of this situation that you're in, what area with, uh, with your in-laws are you still trying to control? Have you yet to surrender to Christ? What part of this whole dynamic have you said, you know what, I would rather have things my way. And you have yet to release this and to surrender this to God. God is not interested in divvying up his kingdom where you get some and he gets the others. God wants all of it. And so then we have to say, okay, God, I will consider it complete joy that you have, by your grace and sovereignty, purposely given me the in-laws that I have right now for my good and for your glory. Man, that's so huge. God, before the foundation of the world, knew the in-laws that you would have, and he gave them to you for your good and for his glory. If you catch anything in today's episode, may that be the biggest thing that you catch. That God preordained, he knew he set out the days of your life as it talks about in Psalms. He has preordained these days and these relationships for you, not because he's twisted or because he's evil or because he just has a twisted sense of humor and makes you want to suffer. No, he knew what was best for you to help shape you to become more like him. And so your in-laws, regardless of how great or not great they are, are a gift to you for your sanctification, which is a churchy word of saying, for you becoming more like Christ. They are a gift regardless. Uh, Now, I'm going to just keep putting this caveat over and over and over throughout this episode and as I talk about this stuff. Uh, But listen, that does not mean that you tolerate abuse. And so there are some some really toxic relationships um, in in the church. There are some toxic relationships in marriage. There are toxic relationships with in-laws. And that doesn't mean you put up with abuse. And so I'm not saying to just lay down your life and become a doormat so that somebody can abuse you or to abuse your in part of your family. Um, I, listen, we're, we're part of a bigger family, and sometimes saying no to our actual family is okay in the sake that, or in the in the event that there's a, abuse, okay? So hear me loud and clear. And, and abuse is not okay, but listen, God uses everything. All things work together for the good, for what God is ordaining for you, okay? So God is using your in-laws, for your good and for his glory. That's, I want that to be super, super clear that he's 
purposely ordained them for you, but also uh, it's okay to separate and have distance because of, if there is abuse. So hear me loud and clear on that. Uh, I'll probably caveat that a few more times. Here's something else I'd tell you if you're sitting across from me. Uh, in-laws are terrible gods. Uh, you've heard me talk about this. If you're a podcast listener that's been around for a while, I say this all the time. Our kids are terrible gods. Our spouses are terrible gods. Our spouse is a terrible God. And your in-laws are a terrible God. What expectations have you put on them that are actually meant to be found in Jesus? Galatians 4.8 says this, Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, How is it that you are turning your back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? Such a good verse. I'm going to read it again. Galatians 4, 8 through 10 says this. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? Listen, before we knew Christ, we were turning to all sorts of things that we thought would satisfy our soul. Boyfriends, girlfriends, houses, cars, iPhones. Uh, When we got married, we hoped that it would be spouses. We thought it would be kids. We thought it would be our job. We thought it would be a big bank account. We kept searching after things that we thought would satisfy our soul. And the good news of Jesus is that he wrecked all those idols and said, listen, all these things that you are chasing after to satisfy you are weak and miserable. Don't be enslaved to them. That's what you used to do before you knew me. But now that you know me, you come to the one who can satisfy you. And that's Christ and Christ alone. Don't look for satisfaction outside of me. Don't look for it in your spouse. Don't look for it in your kids. Don't look for it in your work. Don't look for it in your in-laws. I don't care how amazing your in-laws are. I started this episode by talking about how great our parents are and how, how supportive they've been to us. But listen, they still are terrible gods. I don't care how amazing of in-laws you have. They will eventually fail you because they are not God. And so you have to ask yourself, what expectations am I putting on my in-laws that were meant for only God to carry? They are terrible gods. They will always leave you wanting more. They will always leave you unsatisfied because nothing created compares with the creator. And so ask yourself, what, what thing, have, what expectation have I put on my in-laws that they weren't meant to carry, that that joy that that hope, that that happiness should and can only be found in Christ. The other thing I'd tell you if you're sitting across from me would be, have they wronged you? And did you go to them or did you take your husband with you uh, and approach them wrong? Now, the reason I say this is, like, can we just be honest? 2019, a lot of people are ranting uh, about their in-laws on Facebook, on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, in closed groups, behind closed doors with their friends. Uh, listen, we, we're talking a lot of stuff about our in-laws and we're not talking to our in-laws. And that is not what the people of Jesus do. Matthew uh, 18, this is in regards to how church people in the church handle conflict and discipline. It says this, if your brother sins against you, Go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established 
by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile or tax collector. Now listen again, this is church discipline that Matthew's talking about in Matthew 18. Um, And oftentimes we think of this as like, holy cow, there's some big sins here, so let's address big sins. This Matthew 18 approach of handling conflict should be happening almost daily. It should be a regular thing, but it should just stop. It should never have to get to the, let's tell it to the whole church level. It should just stop at the, no, I... You've, I feel like you wronged me. I went to you privately. We talked about it. And by God's grace, hopefully things were settled. We gained a brother. We gained a mother-in-law. We gained a, a father-in-law or whatever. Like we just handled it because we're not out talking about it to everyone else. We're talking about directly eye to eye, not text to text, not email to email, but eye to eye. We're sitting down across the the table or across this chair from somebody and we're saying, listen, I feel like you wronged me. Here's how I feel hurt by you. Can you explain what you were thinking behind this? And hopefully by God's grace, there's some resolution there and, uh, and that you don't have to move to a bigger level. Now, I think because you and your husband are one or you and your wife are one, that it would make sense for you two to go to your uh, in-law. And I think it would make sense for that in-law to be with their spouse as well. That's not exactly what the scriptures say here. Again, we're talking about church discipline, but I think it's okay uh, for you and your spouse to go to the in-laws and to say, listen, uh, here's what we're feeling. And uh, here's here's how it's coming across to us. Can you just explain to us what you're thinking here or help us understand this? And by God's grace, the thing can get resolved before it gets too big. And so if, if somebody has wronged you or if you feel hurt by an in-law, bro, like go to them. Sit across the table from them, eat a meal, and ask hard questions for the sake of resolution, not for the sake of attacking, but you want to be, your heart should want to be in good relationship with them. And so I'm, I'm willing to fight. I'm willing to sit across the table with you and, and fight for our relationship because I love you and I care about you and I want you to be part of our relationship and I want you to be part of our ch- children's lives, but help me understand this because I want things to be better. I think that needs to be happening on a regular basis, okay? So if you haven't already had face-to-face conversation, have face-to-face conversation. Stop talking about it behind their back or in other places or getting other people involved that shouldn't be involved. Uh, This should be between you and them for the sake of God's glory. This is what God's people do. We don't go and we talk about and stir up quarrelsome talk, but we go directly to the person and have that issue resolved by God's grace uh, one-on-one. The other thing I tell you, again, I told you, keep up here, ADD, I'm just flying through, giving you my thoughts. We're coming down to the last couple ones here. The other thing I tell you is, do you remember when we were, uh, before we had kids, uh, and we used to think what it would be like to be parents, and we had all these preconceived ideas of what being a parent would be like? I remember all the time, I would say to myself, well, my kids are never going to do that. My kids are never going to do this. I'm always going (laughs) to... Uh, it's just silly to think about right now as a parent, you're like, well, okay, not quite the same as what I thought it was going to be. Uh, the truth is, uh, don't give in-law advice or come up with preconceived in-law notions, uh, before you're an in-law. Uh, it's probably a lot harder than it looks. Uh, I'm not an in-law yet. And uh, I imagine that most of you listening aren't in-laws yet. And listen, we have all kinds of ideas of how they should be acting and what they should be doing. But listen, we're not in-laws yet. And so we don't have a full perspective. We don't have the whole story. We don't have all the things that we you thought you knew when you were a parent. Even 10 years from now, you're going to look back at yourself as a parent and think like, holy cow, I didn't know anything about parenting. 
Uh, we grow and we evolve and we don't know everything. And you don't know everything about what it means to be an in-law. Listen, this is their baby. Uh, this is their grandbaby. Like they, they've got emotions invested too. They've been in this long game. They've got a lot of things at stake here. And so just don't assume that you know all the right ways to be the perfect in-law before you've been an in-law, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, Colossians 3 would say this, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts. Catch that. As, as God's chosen ones, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, holy and beloved, put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against one another, forgiving one another. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's Colossians 3. Listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, uh, then this is, this is the posture that we take with our in-laws. We have compassionate hearts. We have kindness. We have humility and meekness and patience. We bear with one another. We forgive because we've been forgiven over and over and over again. We don't make assumptions about that we know everything about what it means to be an in-law before we've actually been in-laws ourselves. Uh, find an older couple. This isn't the next thing. Find an older couple who are in-laws and who are grandparents who are doing it right. Like if there's if there's somebody in your church or in your church community who you look at them and you're like, man, I wish they were my in-laws. <laughs> How come I didn't marry into that family? Uh, if you know a couple like that, bro, like buy them lunch, buy them dinner, buy them a cup of coffee and sit down with them and tell them your situation and say, here, how would you guys address what we're going through right now? You and your wife should just sit down with them and say, hey, can you give us some wisdom here? We don't know what it's like to be in-laws. We don't know what it's like to be grandparents. We really respect you. We think you guys are awesome from what we can tell. Can you guys just like give us some wisdom here? Proverbs uh, 11.14 says this, Where there is no guidance, a people fall, but in, a, in an abundance of counselors, there's safety. If you're not getting wisdom from godly counsel, you are in a dangerous place. And so godly people, people of Jesus would say, I want to get people around me who love the Lord and who have some wisdom, so who have some more gray hairs on their head than I do, to speak into this with me. That's where you're safe. Again, where there is no guidance, a people fall, but in an abundance of counselors, there's safety. Here's one of the last points uh, I'm going to make on this. Uh, what your flesh, uh, your, the, the impulsive nature, your sinful nature in you is going to want to pull away from your spouse when you're dealing with difficult in-law situations. Uh, it's going to want to pull away instead of drawing toward. And so my challenge to you, my encouragement to you would be this, draw toward your spouse, even in this difficult topic, the enemy would love to use this. He loves, would love nothing more than to use this issue specifically about their parents as a, as a way to plant seeds of bitterness, um, and to divide you and your spouse. And so, 
Uh, do not let the enemy have a foothold here. Don't let the enemy plant seeds and be watered secretly in the depths of your heart that you start to grow bitterness. Because listen, there's a lot of husbands who are siding with their parents. There are a lot of wives who are siding with their parents. There are a lot of wives who you're still going back to your mom and dad for advice and it feels disrespectful to your husband and it's hurting them deeply and they are growing bitterness and this, the enemy has planted seeds of bitterness to, uh, in their heart and it's just being watered over and over again. And so wherever you're at on that, if that's you, if you're starting to feel bitterness towards your spouse, uh, can I just encourage you to just speak openly about what you're feeling to them and to not let the enemy grab hold of on this one. Use words like, this is how I feel, instead of you always do this, your parents always do this, or they always act like this way and you're always siding with them. Instead of that kind of language, use the language of, this is how I'm feeling, I, this is where I need you to love me because I'm, I'm feeling insecure in this area. I'm feeling vulnerable in this area. Would you just reassure me on this? And and I just want to um, speak specifically to the husbands right here. Listen, Genesis 3, God says that man will leave their father and mother and he will cling to his wife. Listen, bro, If uh, I don't feel like I can speak this directly to your wife, um, but for you as a man, if you're feeling like you've got a shoe, a foot in both camps where you're like, man, I, I really love my parents and I, I respect them, but I know it's causing a lot of conflict with my wife, bro, pick your wife. That's biblical. Like that's, that's what you should be doing. You pick your wife, you leave your father and mother and you cling to your wife because now you two are one. And so if you're in the point where like you have to make a choice, you choose your wife, man. Uh, and, and if she, if your wife is feeling hurt, disrespected, um, whatever she's feeling by your parents, bro, you side with your wife. I, this, I know this is hard. I know it's, it doesn't, it feel black and white. There's lots of gray area here. I totally get that. It's your parents. You love them. They've raised you. You respect them, all that stuff. But listen, when you have to make a choice, when it comes down to it, you pick your wife. That's what God's plan is for us, that we would leave our father and mother and we would cling. We would become one. We would protect. We would defend. We would do everything we can to love and to serve our wife. That's your role. Here's how I'm going to end this episode. Uh, What areas of your life, what areas of the kingdom of your life has the kingdom of God not touched? What areas of your heart has the kingdom of God not infiltrated? where you're still trying to divvy up the kingdom and just share the throne? What parts of your marriage is still being, uh, you're, you're saying, God, I'm going to hold on to this part. What part of your relationship with your in-laws are you still holding on to yourself? Listen, best case scenario, God redeems what's been broken in your marriage and your relationships and with your in-laws and that they're part of your lives and your kids' lives. Uh, that's what we're striving for. Paul says, as much as you can, as much as you're able, be at peace with all men. Now, that that's not always possible. I get it. But as followers of Jesus, we are looking for redemption. We're looking for the kingdom of God to invade our hearts, to invade our marriage, to invade our relationship with our in-laws, to invade the relationship with our community. We want the kingdom of God to be made big. We don't want to be part of darkness. We want to be part of his glorious light invading everything, his good redemption that comes in and it shatters all the brokenness. That's what we're aiming for as followers of Jesus. So what part of your marriage, what part of your relationship with your in-laws are you still holding on to as your own and the kingdom of God has not touched? Listen, I'll just end with this, what I said at the beginning. God has ordained them for your good and for his glory. Regardless how 
of how awesome or not awesome you think they are. And so today, would you just stop and thank God? God, thank you that you are using them to make me more like you. And would you consider it a pure joy that you get to have them as your in-laws, even in the midst of the crap and the hard stuff, because God will use them to help you become more like him. I hope that's helpful. I love you guys. I'll see you guys next week. Bye.